Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. The scripture lesson today is from Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar, and your daughter shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall co cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah and those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. The gospel today is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Here ends the gospel for the day. Praise be to God. We've heard the story many times. Tradition has kind of embellished it a little bit. We're going to sing in, well, it depends on how long I talk, but in a few minutes we're going to sing about three kings. Nothing in the Bible says that these visitors were royalty. I go even further. Nothing in the Bible says that there were only three of them or that there were three, just plural. 
Two or a bunch, we don't know. Early tradition said a dozen of them. The only reason we got to three was because of the gifts they brought. They didn't think anybody would come without one, so if there were three gifts, three visitors. Beyond royalty, tradition even put a name on them, but gave them names. And when we were in Germany and, and our son David was in a, a preschool, a kindergarten, a real one, at a Catholic church, on the lintel of the door was written on Epiphany, and on the lintel of, of any door of, of that tradition, CMB and the date, and it was a blessing of Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Names are not in the Bible anywhere. Tradition crowned them, named them, and numbered them. Okay. So I had to do a little study again and make sure I knew who they, they might really have been. They were called magi, the plural of the word magus, which later came to mean a trickster type of magician. Simon Magus is recorded in Scripture as asking the disciples for money. He says, teach me these magic tricks you use for healing. I could make a lot of money. I'll pay you for the secrets. Needless to say, he didn't get a, a deal out of that. The disciples kind of blessed him vigorously instead and said, no, that's not what it's about. But in the East had been the Persian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire. The Medes were very studied people. The Persians tended to uh, just absorb everybody in their empire, and they weren't the worst emperors of the world. They restored Jerusalem and allowed people to worship their faith in Jerusalem, and so on, as long as you were under the empire. Now, the Medes at one point, many, many years before, had tried to overthrow the Persians without great success. So they said there may be a smarter way to do this, and they became great scholars of history, of prophecy, of astrology, which when you haven't got as much light pollution around, you can see the stars better, and the world literally revolves around some of these stars. Well, they put great import on some of those things. They were so good at this that instead of winding up taking the throne away from the emperor, they surrounded it. These were the viziers, the wizards, the advisors, prime ministers to the emperors. They read stars. They foretold what dreams meant. They examined prophecies like, whence would come the king of kings? Will he be born of the Jews? He'd be born in Judea. And they studied the, what we would call the Torah and then prophets and the writings of the Old Testament. They said, he'll come, to, he'll come from Bethlehem. And there'll be a star. And in astrology or astronomy, I should say, there are in that window of years back at that time several different astrological events, any one of which would have created an extra bright spot in the sky, the confluence of two planets. That's been happening lately in our sky. And most nights I can pick them out when Dixie's got me out there getting chilled in the lawn. I can pick them out still. Now, blazing bright like they saw? I don't think so. But there are actual physical events in the right time window. We know who the emperor was. We know who the king of Judea was. And they came looking. 
as viziers, as wise men, as the learned men advisors to the emperor of Persia, they would have access to the local king. He wouldn't turn them away lightly. You don't make friends that way. So he welcomes them. Now, who is this guy, Herod the king? Herod had been called Herod the Great. He supervised the building of the temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. He supervised and funded projects for aqueducts and water supplies into the city of Jerusalem. He wasn't all bad in terms of the practice. But as he got older, he got real paranoid of his power. Like a growly old dog that's loosed his teeth and wants to hang on to the bone, he nipped, worse than nipped. He had his mother murdered. He had his two sons murdered. Caesar, in fact, once said, it's safer to be Herod's hoose than his huios. Safer to be Herod's pig than his son. Because he was murdering the sons. Of course, he wouldn't eat ham, so he didn't murder the pigs, but the sons he killed. So that's the Herod they're going to see. So when they say, we're coming to see the, the king of the Jews. What king, says Herod? And it says, all Jerusalem was troubled with him. Well, when Herod is troubled, the neighbors get troubled. When Herod's troubled, people are in trouble, like his sons or his mother or whoever. Whoever he perceives, and we know what happens after Epiphany with the murder of the innocents, when he tries to make sure that any competition, not understanding it wasn't the competition of his realm, was wiped out in the murder of the innocents, the weeping in Judea. So that's who's coming to visit, and that's who's receiving them in the court. When you find him, let me know. Well, they get told in a dream not to do that. So they bring gifts. Now, you don't visit a king. We don't have recorded what they must have brought Herod. You don't visit a king without bringing a gift, something appropriate. What's a precious thing to bring a king? Something of gold. They brought gold for the one born to be king of the Jews, which as the Jews were recognized in their traditions, in their readings, they may have been of a Zoroastrian faith, which is kind of an amalgam, we're not sure. They certainly would have studied the Hebrew scriptures as something very precious and important. Here's one who was born a king. What does it mean if we bring gold to a king? We can call Jesus brother, but we call him Lord, we call him Savior, we call him King of Kings. We can never approach Jesus quite on his level. He is our King. And the bowing toward a King, or the kneeling toward a King or a Queen, do you remember what the symbolism of that is? One, you're not armed. Very few can carry a weapon in the presence of royalty, still. But when you bow, you bear the back of your neck. You offer the king power over your very life. Now, Jesus doesn't want to bear the power of the sword over our lives, but the power of love. So when Jesus calls us in love, it's not just a brother suggesting 
And we're good Americans, and we fought two wars not to have to kneel to a king or queen anymore. But as Christians, we have a king. And every year, for years before Jesus came, there was a, a mounting of the king on the throne ceremony, and it was God who ascended the throne, not an earthly king. Jesus ascended a manger, a crib, and becomes our king. We need to approach him at least mentally. Congregationalists don't kneel very often, but in front of Jesus, at least mentally, we owe him that kind of fealty. We owe him that kind of loyalty. We owe him that kind of obedience that he's a king. Frankincense. The smell, the smoke that lifts the prayers of the faithful in the temple. The smell that's added to anointing oil so that when we're anointed to be special to God or the vessels of the temple are anointed, that smoky smell Frankincense and myrrh is kind of like a mixture, campfire and funny perfume, only not quite as pleasant. <clears throat> the frankincense that lifts the prayers, the recognition that this is not an earthly king. He is our intercessor, intercessor. He's our, our priest. He makes the sacrifice, a priest made sacrifice at the temple. Jesus is the ultimate high priest who made the one sacrifice of himself for once and for all. It's why I'm not a priest. The sacrifice has been made. Nothing I could do would cast a glimmer compared to the sacrifice that our high priest, our God himself has made for us. That's whom we approach with frankincense. When we bring our gifts. Myrrh. This was the great scandal to some at the time. How can God become mortal? How can God truly be one of us? There was a great heresy a couple of hundred years later that seduced thousands of people. Well, God created Jesus just to look like one of us. He was really God. He wasn't really human. He just looked like us. He didn't have a belly button. He wasn't really born of Mary. He was just kind of, kind of created to look like one of us and wasn't truly human. Um, that doesn't work. For the gift of myrrh, for the sacrifice he made, for the suffering, for the, the blessing of the very process by which we come into the world, the very life we live, the very hunger and fatigue that we feel, Jesus shared it all. God chose to come from the throne to the manger, to the dusty roads of Galilee, to the temple, to the cross for our sake. That simple gift of myrrh acknowledged that. That, I guess, is one of the roles out of which, for me anyway, is great comfort. Yes, in a, in a way, American though I am, it's comforting to have a king. Even more comforting to have a high priest who is God himself, but to have a God who knows me not just because he created me, because he shared my substance. Wow. 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 That's 
of God, honored by these magi. And I've seen some very cute, you may have two stories of, well, you know, if there were three wise women, they'd have brought water and diapers and food for mom and all these you know, smarter things. The word magi, by the way, could be mixed gender. It doesn't say if they were all wise men. Learned, wise people. And there's another Christmas card I've seen said, wise people still seek him. Seek our Lord, seek our God, seek our Christ. Seek our King, seek him as priest and God, seek him as one of us. Bring our gifts, as Christina Rossetti said, Bring our hearts, that in our hearts we will reflect his love, grace, mercy, and the glory of God. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.